the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. In a moral sense, integrity means that you are whole, that you are complete, because you are not divided in your heart in terms of your principles. You live an undivided, uncompromised life. That's how you are tamam. You are whole. You're complete in that sense, in a moral sense. You're not one way in private and another way in public. But you are consistently principled. You are whole. It is connected. You're not duplicitous. You are, you are the same, the same principle, whether in private or in public. This is Cornerstone Connection. The radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Proverbs. As Christians, it is important for us to understand what it means to hold integrity. Many know how to put on a face of good when it's required, but then fall into sin all other times. Pastor Gary teaches us that we cannot adhere to that double standard. As Christians, we are called to pursue good and godliness at all times. If you are knowingly sinful whenever goodness is not required of you, you are lacking integrity. Pray for Jesus to help you pursue integrity. Study the characteristics of Christ and strive to put them into practice regularly. Well, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Proverbs, chapter 14, with part two of his message, Virtues in Proverbs. haunted by the advice of a pastor friend of mine I heard years ago say about himself, and I think this is true for me, and I think it's true for all of us, I am one bad decision away from losing everything. And it's important for us to walk in the fear of the Lord and to remember that all that we have and all that we are is from the Lord. Number three, an important principle to humility that Proverbs teaches us is to celebrate others, not yourself. Proverbs 27, verse 2 says, Let another praise you and not your own mouth, someone else, and not your own lips. When someone goes around telling others how great they are, what they've accomplished, or you know, uh, uh, you know, how important they are, it makes that person look very small. And a lot of people aren't aware of it. They just talk about themselves constantly, and others are not impressed. It becomes a, a flaw. It's a vice, not a virtue, to go around bragging about yourself, telling other people what you've done. Look at me. Look at my accomplishments. You know, look, look at all that I've done. Now, some of you might say, but what if, what if I'm saying is actually true? 
I mean, like, you know, what, what if Michael Jordan goes around talking about how he's the greatest basketball player of all time? Which, which would be true, in my opinion. I think that's a true statement. But if he went around saying that all the time, no one would be impressed. They'd lose respect for him. And why should anyone else go around saying it if he's going around saying it? So if you go around talking about yourself and, and all these wonderful things you've done and all the wonderful uh, ways that you are as a human being... No one else needs to chime in because you're doing more than enough. Don't go around tooting your own horn. Let someone else praise you and not your own lips. And by the way, when someone else does say something complimentary about you, just a simple thank you or praise the Lord will do. Don't go on about it. Well, thank you. I'm glad that you noticed. I was hoping and wondering. (laughs) Just thank you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Great words don't make a great person, great actions do. So you can go around saying all that you want about yourself, but that's not as impressive as just living a life of humility and letting others notice for themselves. There's an old Scottish proverb that goes like this, flattery is like fine perfume. Sniff it, don't drink it. (laughs) Number four, We stay humble by following the example of Jesus. He washed feet. He died on a cross. You can't get any more humble than that. And just by way of his not only demonstrating humility, but some of the things he said about humility, that's why I referenced there Matthew 20, 26, Jesus said, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. There are a lot of oxymorons in the Bible, things that don't really make sense, that seem contradictory on the surface. Giving is receiving. Dying is living. Well, humility comes because you're a servant. And when you want to be served, that's really an an aspect of pride. So whoever wants to be first must become last, must be your servant. Greatness comes through leastness. And then, of course, Philippians 2.8, which reminds us about the supreme example of humility when it talks about how Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus laid down the royal robes and condescended to our level, stooped down to us, humbled himself, died on a cross, experiencing the scorning, the shame, the embarrassment, and he did it all because of his love for us. He was the supreme sacrifice, the supreme servant who demonstrated humility. He surrendered it all for us to have life. It was the great exchange. So no greater example to follow in regards to humility than Jesus. And Proverbs 3.34, just another proverb to remind us that God mocks proud mockers but gives grace to the humble. Only in humility will we really experience the full extent of God's grace. Ephesians 4.2, Paul reminds us, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. And Jesus said in Luke 14, 11, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. Again, he's saying if you want to promote yourself, then, then that's pride and God will humble you. But if you let God promote you because you're humble, then God will exalt, God will promote, God will be the one to give you promotion or accomplishment or success. But 
let's not be self-promoting people, self-aggrandizing people, self-reliant people. Let's learn humility and walk in humility before the Lord. The second virtue that I want to highlight on the list with you today is kindness. Kindness. One of the things that you'll notice in this list of virtues is that all of them are modeled by the Lord, and certainly kindness is no exception. We see all through the Gospels in particular the kindness and compassion that Jesus demonstrated to people, particularly those who were in need. You see kindness with the woman caught in adultery. You see kindness extended to the lepers who were social outcasts of their day. You see kindness extended to the diseased and the discouraged. You see kindness that Jesus extended to sinners and the suffering. Jesus was constantly demonstrating compassion and kindness to people. Now, there were times that he was very direct and confrontational. There were times that he was tough, you know, driving out the money changers in the temple and all of that. But Jesus just was constantly demonstrating kindness and compassion to people. And he calls us in a similar way to be kind and compassionate. In Matthew chapter 9, 36, it talks about how when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus noticed the crowds and he just, his heart went out to them. He realized these are hungry people. These are tired people. These are sinful people. These are diseased people, broken people. And his heart went out to them and he was always directed by the Father and he was always obedient to the will of the Father about what to say, how to say it, who to heal, who not to heal, who to, who to minister to, who to encourage. Jesus was always on this just divine timetable and sensitive to the move of the Father in regards to other people, but it was motivated by a heart of compassion and love and kindness. Now, I am particularly thankful when you look at the Gospels how much Jesus demonstrated kindness because in a sense what Jesus did was he masculinized it. He masculinized it. Now, why do I say that? I say that because I think that in particular for men, we think of kindness as a feminine trait because kindness with it is associated tenderness. And to be quite honest, I don't know who would agree or who would disagree with me on this, but I think women in, gen in, in general are the tender gender. They are the kinder gender. I think it is more fitting with their nature in terms of being tender and soft and compassionate. I think kindness comes easier to women, quite honestly, than I think it does to men. Because men kind of pride themselves on being tough and gruff. And there's a place for being tough. I'm not sure about gruff, but there's a place for, for being tough. And, and, and yet I think sometimes for men, the idea of kindness sounds almost feminine. But I'm glad that Jesus masculinized it because he demonstrated it, that there's, there's, there's wonderful qualities in our Lord and kindness is demonstrated constantly throughout the Gospels and it is something that both men and women should aspire to be following the example of Christ in his kindness. Men just in general, in general tend to be a little gruff and tend to be a little too tough. Uh, women in general are, are, are more kind and tender. You know, look, We've seen it played out a hundred times in different ways. Little Johnny wakes up with a sore throat. And mom's like, oh, little Johnny, I'm so sorry. Why don't you go back to bed? I'm going to take your temperature. I'm going to rub your chest with Vicks, and I'm going to make you some chicken soup. <laughs> and dad's like, come here, Johnny. Let me look at you. Let me look at you. You look fine. Why don't you go out and chop some wood and drink some vinegar and hot sauce? You'll be fine. 
And mom's like, honey, sweetheart, he's only five years old. <laughs> All right, well, skip the hot sauce. But, you know, it's just that kind of thing that I think men in particular have to, have to work harder at this. That kindness may not always come as naturally And in regards to all of us, we need to follow the example of Christ. Because if any of us have come to faith in Jesus, you and I came to faith in Jesus because we responded to the kindness of God. Romans 2 verse 4, it is his kindness that leads us to repentance. And so all of us who know Christ our Savior have responded to the kindness of God, demonstrated through his Son. And therefore, we should also be people who demonstrate kindness as well. We're called to be kind. Paul would write in Colossians 3.12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that beautiful chapter on love that, that really just explains what love is, in 1 Corinthians 13.4, it starts off, love is patient, love is kind. Kind. Kindness is a virtue. Galatians 5, 22 to 23, there's a list of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So kindness is all throughout the Bible. Kindness is a virtue that we should demonstrate. And Proverbs calls us to be kind too, particularly towards those who are disadvantaged in some way. Here are a few verses to remind us. Proverbs 14, 31. He who oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. And how about this? Proverbs eleven sixteen and 17. A kind-hearted woman gains respect, but ruthless men gain only wealth. A kind man benefits himself, but a cruel man brings trouble on himself. Kindness is gentleness expressed through tenderness. Kindness is gentleness expressed through tenderness. And it is a virtue that we should all take on. A third virtue that I want to highlight with you from Proverbs is the word integrity. Integrity. Now David would say in 1 Chronicles 29, 17, he says, I know, my God, that you test the heart and that you are pleased with integrity. David says, I know that you test the heart, Lord, and that you are pleased with integrity. The Hebrew word in the Old Testament for integrity is tamam, T-A-M-A-M, tamam. And it means completion, wholeness, something that is finished, something that is clean. So how, how is that, tamam, a word that exemplifies integrity? Here's how. In a moral sense, integrity means that you are whole that you are complete because you are not divided in your heart in terms of your principles. You live an undivided, uncompromised life. That's how you are tamam. You are whole. You're complete in that sense, in a moral sense. You're not one way in private and another way in public. But you are consistently principled. You are whole. It is connected. You're not duplicitous. You are, you are the same, the same principle, whether in private or in public. And God calls us to lead lives of integrity. Somebody once said that integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching. Because God is always watching. So it is making sure that we're living lives of integrity behind the scenes and in public 
that there's no division or, or duplicity in our lives, but that we were whole and complete in the Lord, modeling integrity publicly and privately. Jesus was commended himself for being a man of integrity. But before I read the verse out of Mark chapter 12, the context, however, is that people who were saying this about him are actually buttering him up because they're trying to trap him. However, even in what they say, though their motives are wrong, they make a right assessment of Jesus. And it's what they say in Mark 12, 14. They came to him and said, teacher, we know you are a man of integrity. It's the word that is used. We know that you're a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Now, listen, they said that you're a man of integrity, and here's how they define integrity. Because you, you don't pay any attention to who people are. You just you teach the truth in, in accordance with God. They weren't saying that Jesus was detached from people. You don't care who people are. Of course, Jesus cared about people. What they're simply saying is, and even again, their motives were wrong, but their definition is correct, that Jesus was more concerned about pleasing God than pleasing people. And part of integrity is that you and I are more about being God-pleasers than man-pleasers. Because the moment you try to be a people-pleaser, you will not be making decisions with integrity. You'll be making decisions according to whatever is expeditious at the moment you'll just be like okay well this is needful and this is necessary so i'll say this and i'll do that but if our intent is always i want to honor god and i want to make sure god is pleased then we can trust the reaction of people to the lord that's never an excuse to just be you know abrasive or disrespectful to other people it's just simply saying i want to be more concerned about pleasing god than pleasing people and i'm going to trust that the reaction of people God will deal with because I want to honor him first. That's what integrity is really about at its root. And here's what Proverbs has to say about it. Proverbs 10, verse 9. The man of integrity walks securely, but he who takes crooked paths will be found out. And Proverbs 11, verse 3. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. It'll eventually catch up with you. You can't lead a divided life without it eventually taking its toll and catching up with you. Here's also Proverbs 13, verse 6. Righteousness guards the man of integrity, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. And Proverbs 29, 10 says, Bloodthirsty men hate a man of integrity and seek to kill the upright. That's just a reminder to us, by the way, friends, that if you really are serious about living a life of integrity, there will be people who just simply won't like you and get get used to it expect it because when you do what pleases god there will be people who won't like you it's okay just make sure that god is the one that you ultimately are pleasing and let's pursue integrity as a way of life lastly on our list that we're going to look at for today is honesty and i put in parenthesis truthfulness because a lot in proverbs talks about honesty it also talks about truthfulness these words are very similar sometimes interchangeable everything about god is truth everything about god is truth he is the source of all truth all throughout the bible we read about the different aspects of truth in psalm 31 5 the lord is called the god of truth in daniel 10 21 god's word is called the book of truth in Zechariah 8, 3, Jerusalem is called the city of truth. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In John 14, 17, the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. 
All throughout the Bible, it speaks about everything related to God as being the source of truth. In fact, the Bible even says about God in Numbers 23, 19, that God is not a man that he should lie. And Hebrews 6, 18 says it is impossible for God to lie. So everything about God is truth, and he wants his children to be walking in the truth, to be honest and truthful in speech and practice. Dishonesty can take many forms. Dishonesty can take the form of lies, exaggerations, half-truths, white lies, deception, false accusation, misrepresentation, different kinds of ways that we can be dishonest. I read once about this woman who went up to evangelist Billy Sunday. She admitted that she has a problem with exaggeration. And she said to evangelist Billy Sunday, do you have any advice how I can help from not exaggerating so much? He said, the first thing, ma'am, is to learn to call it lying. We have to start first with ourselves and be honest with ourselves before we can ever be honest with others. And quite honestly, it's sometimes harder to be honest than it is to lie. Lying seems to be the default for us. It's a very convenient thing sometimes. And particularly, here's the reason why we often default to lying. If, number one... We think that by telling the truth, it could cost us something. Or number two, if by telling the truth, it might possibly hurt someone else's feelings. We will tend to default to lie for one of those two reasons, self-protection or we don't want to hurt somebody. But that doesn't honor God. So what it means is we can't default. It means we have to work harder at this. It means we have to be more intentional about the way that we say things. We have to be sensitive in the way that we respond to a direct question so that we can be truthful without exaggeration or or without misrepresentation or deception or lying. So it's harder. It's harder to word it just right, to be careful and to season your words with grace and, and, and to measure every word that you say. That takes effort. That takes responsibility. That's harder, but that's what God wants of us because that's what will honor him. And you know, sometimes, listen, you can just keep your mouth shut and that's okay too. I mean, unless you're directly asked a question and then you have to respond directly. Sometimes you're not asked. Don't volunteer. Because then sometimes it can be hurtful, and now you're trying to figure out a way to say it in a way you didn't need to say it at all. But, but when called upon, sometimes in conversation, somebody's going to ask a direct question, and you're trying to figure out how do I, this, oh, this is, feels like a setup. You know, and, and so you're trying to think, how do I answer this tenderly? How do I answer this correctly? How do I answer this sensitively? But truthfully, God calls us to be honest. And here's what Proverbs has to say about honesty in a few passages. Proverbs 12, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. And Proverbs 12, 17, a truthful witness gives honest testimony, but a false witness tells lies. And then also Proverbs 24, 26, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. And Proverbs 8, 7 says, my mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. May that be our goal to speak what is true that we would detest what is wicked again i gave you just an example of 12 and we only focused on four but may we look through proverbs 
And may we ask the Lord help us in all these ways to demonstrate the virtues that, Lord, you model. You are the perfect example of all these virtues, but maybe it's okay if we just say, Lord, let me start with these four first. Humility, kindness, integrity, and honesty. Would you pray with me? The wisdom of the Proverbs transcend time and culture. We're so glad you chose to study them with us today on Cornerstone Connection. Be sure to tune in next time as Pastor Gary Hamrick relays additional verses that practically apply to each of our lives. Cornerstone Connection has an archive of past messages available to you on our website. If you'd like to hear other teachings right now, just visit cornerstoneconnection.cc and click on Teaching Library under the Teachings tab. Are you listening right now in the Leesburg, Virginia area? If so, we want to meet you in person. Our listeners are always welcome to come be a part of our weekly worship services at Cornerstone Chapel, where these teachings originate from. Join us on Sundays at 8.30, 10, and 11.45 a.m. Or stop by Wednesday at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. We're excited to have you worship and fellowship with us. You'll get all the details you need at cornerstoneconnection.cc or give us a call. You can reach Cornerstone Connection at 703-771-1500. Please let us know as well how we can be praying for you. That number again is 703-771-1500. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for tuning in today to Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know You're not alone Real love is calling Listen, truth opens up your eyes Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.